that is the the best kind of hockey is is the gay kind of hockey um have to agree it's the only kind i know hi and welcome to episode one of the checking tendies podcast um we're a podcast and we don't talk about chicken as much as our episode titles and covers would uh make you think Alrighty, so I'm Corwin. Um, I'm here as comedic relief. We have Jay, who's the brains behind the operation, and Tara, who's here to be the real like person who knows things about hockey. That I I know numbers things because I, I spend a lot of time looking at the numbers. But uh, in terms of knowledge about hockey, I think you guys are the ones bringing it to the table. Hey, Corwin. Hi, Tara. Do you have any thoughts on hockey today at all? So many thoughts. I'm thinking about hockey all day, every day. So I've got a lot to share. Very excited. Absolutely. Alrighty. So now we've done our intros, let, let's get into the actual content of the episode. Everything discussed in this podcast is um, our opinions. And, you know, one person, one individual does not necessarily agree with another individual at all times. So unless explicitly stated, um, each of our opinions will remain our own and not representative of anybody who happens to be associating with us at that time or future times. Yeah, we're, we're speaking. I don't even agree with myself as individual. One week to the next, always. So, yeah, we're also not speaking for um, we're a podcast part of the Inside the Ring Network. We're not speaking for the network. This is for us as individuals. You know, we're not speaking about for for any people I've worked for as a freelance thing. It's just, it, this is just us. We're speaking as us, and we're speaking openly and freely in the hopes that we continue to have wonderful conversations about um, non men's hockey and. Um, hopefully as listeners, uh, you'll have lots to share. And so first up, we're going to talk a little bit about who we are, you know, so you get to know us. So Tara, why don't you start? Tell, tell us who you are and, you know, why we should know who you are in hockey. Well, you can decide whether or not you want to know me, but my name's Tara. Um, I'm 23 years old. I started playing hockey when I was five. I'm from Toronto. Um, I went to Yale University for four years and then have been playing in the PHF for the last two seasons, one for the Riveters, one for Toronto. Awesome. Jay, do you want to introduce yourself? Hey, I'm Jay. I'm from New Hampshire. I got into hockey about three years ago, very suddenly, and became very obsessed very quickly. Uh, And since then, I've been tooling around in fan communities. Um, I've written a few things. I've Worked on some fantasy hockey. Hopefully have some exciting announcements about that coming up soon. Um, And I also scorekeep for hockey games in my area. Uh, So I I really like getting that. A bunch of different views on it uh, while I am learning how to skate in the hopes of one day playing in a real-life hockey game. That's a good goal, um, playing in a real-life hockey game. So I'm Cor. If you're on hockey Twitter, there's a... Better than not chance you've seen my art. I go as Arsenal and hockey. I draw things. Um, apparently, I write about hockey now. I generally do all the things up to and including playing. Um, from Massachusetts, Boston. Yeah, that's what my claim to fame from Boston. Um, and yeah, I play goalie. Um, I'm a lot less good at it than Tara is. I have a few years on you. Only a few. Um, there is the whole starting to play goalie freshman year. So, you know, not very much experience playing goalie, but I, I'm having fun. As long as you're having fun, that's all that matters. And really, that, that's the point of hockey, right? To have fun and stop pucks. Exactly. Sometimes yeah. we forget about that. Have fun, stop pucks. I like it. Okay, I think we got a great balance in here. Two goalies, one hopefully skater. So, I, Jay, in the 
podcast art. Which one are you? So in the podcast art, I am the one in the middle, the chicken with the question mark over its head, because I have a lot of things that I want to learn about this sport from the people who've been doing it for ages. I also have that clipboard because I write a lot of things down and study them. Sounds like it's really representative. Yeah. It's a great chicken. And I look like I'm going to fight someone um, because, you know, I, I try to. Unfortunately, it doesn't usually work well for me because no one wants to fight back. They let goalies fight in, what is it, U16? Hey, hey, it's U18 slash U19. So that's a no on the fighting. It's it's a no on the fighting. Um, Yeah, no on the fighting. And I'm the chicken with the all red pads uh, because I'm obsessed with Carey Price. And I forced Gordo to draw my helmet on there because that's my most defining feature. I mean, really, it was hard to recognize you today without the goalie mask. Uh, For those watching, which is everyone but us. Uh, Tara is, in fact, not wearing a goalie mask. Surprisingly enough. I don't it's the first it. time I've seen you without it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, so let's move on to more talks of goalies. This time, goalies on teams. Boston Pride have, um, announced the signing of a goalie who wasn't there before, and Montreal has a goalie as well. Thoughts on the goalies? Montreal has two goalies now, which is really fast, when there are other teams that don't have two goalies and Minnesota, no, Minnesota. We heard a rumor. I, I can. I'll check my spreadsheet. I haven't updated it recently, but um, I have a spreadsheet of PHF signings, and I color coded it by position. So nice. So Spreadsheets I, 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 make the world go round. They only have one goalie, according to my spreadsheet, and um, they had a goalie retire. So they're this is true. Down a goalie in Minnesota. I think Dan Rice over at the Ice Garden. Uh, mentioned that uh, Jenna Bergman, if I'm pronouncing that correctly, that sounds right. Had resigned, but that is not official. So we will see if that is something that that happens. And I think the coming off of last season with the playoffs, with the injury to um, Amanda Levier, they really need to uh, have more than one goalie that can. Not saying that the other goalies weren't great. It's just she was the goalie, you know? It's just they had five goalies by the end of it. And you really generally don't have five goalies. So having two or three consistent goalies is something that you'd, you'd think people would want. Yeah. Yeah, they they had, they had nominal goaltending. Tara, any thoughts on goalies and lack thereof? Or yeah, I think many? five goalies is probably a little a little much. But usually you see like two to three I think one of the biggest uh, noteworthy thing that happened um, as soon as the salary cap went up was teams started to sign a third goalie, uh, just because they recognize that you know it's one of those positions where you get you know you're a little yeah. bit more prone to injury, um, hips, knees, ankles, the works. Um, if you make it to thirty without hip surgery, I think that's a, a good sign for a goalie. But dang, yeah, having three goalies tends to be like the traditional balance um usually you have like a starter and then a backup and a third but you know not always sometimes yeah, you boston have... for the majority of the season did starter starter and backup where it was yeah, um, one only took saturday the other took sunday and then there was um vic hansen who was always there except for the very end when they were trying to make sure that they caught up all the points they wanted to get in the playoff race this season so far as far as i know no team has signed a third goalie which is pretty interesting. I really do think um, three goalies is the way to go, though. Um, 
three goalies. In my opinion, you know, the more goalies, the better. Of course. And hey, it's just if you don't have a third goalie, you're signing yourself up to be Minnesota last year. Like, you know, knock on wood. But and I don't know what like the PHFE bug situation is, but I'm guessing that it's anyone in the stands with pads in the car. (laughs) Not sure about that, but I do think three goalies is important, especially, you know, if one of your goalies goes down and then one has a bad game, like you always you want you want three goalies to be ready to go at all times. Um, And that means like practicing with the team, playing with the team. Um, I would say even in practice, like it's important to like, give your goalies a rest, especially during this upcoming season when teams are going to be practicing a lot more. It's going to be really hard to have a goalie in each end that are that can't take any breaks. Yeah, no, I mean the nicest thing. Um, so I was briefly last season with my high school team before they realized they don't actually want to carry four goalies, and four goalies for me was the nicest workload in practices because you'd rotate through. Just make that meant not I didn't get overly tired, neither the other goalies who were probably playing more hockey than I was with um club team as well. So just with that, none of us got injured in a two-week stretch and everyone was like playing at their full capacity. So the more goalies is just better for like the team as a whole, giving you better chances to practice against in practice and just better on ice performance during games. Yeah, the tough more- thing about balance with four goalies is um just being able to make sure that your top goalie or two is getting enough reps. So if you have four goalies, I think one way to kind of uh, mitigate that is to just allow the top two goalies to take as many reps as they want and then kind of have two others who fill in. So the PHF does have practice players um, and they are paid and usually not announced. Um, we had, I think, one practice player has been named in public conversation for this upcoming season. Um, it's Meg DeLay, if I'm saying that right, with the... Buttes. No goalies mentioned. There were goalie practice players last season and wasn't very publicized, but we do know a few of them. Jessica Strack with the Whale, Cassandra Goyette with the Riveters. So it can happen. Is the practice players where the Pride keep getting more people randomly in the middle of the season who are like insanely good? Like, do they just like have a stockpile of really good hockey <sighs> players who are from Boston or went to college there, kind of like in a closet and lab- a warrior labeled like bonus Pride players open in case of emergency? You know, just like I want to see maybe a couple pucks. if the um, policies for for signing players to PTOs or or more contracts in the middle of the season will be different this season because it changed last season. Makes sense that it would change again this season. We haven't heard any anything official about it. So that is another thing that we'd like to hear officially, as with many things. So we'll see. Teams, um, the Buttes have enough players that they could technically ice a team right now with who they have signed. The Buttes are there. Um, the Pride have half a team. Yeah, what was the last count? It was, a uh, Buttes were at, I think, 21, 20. 21, I think. 21. Yeah, 20 or 21. Uh, Montreal was at 16. And then the I think Pride Connecticut was actually the lowest for once. 13. But Connecticut has announced, I think, two signings this week. Both Czech national team players. No, I lied. A Czech national team player and a Finnish national team player. That will bring them up to 15, because according to my spreadsheet, they have 13, and I haven't updated my spreadsheet in a little over a week and a half. We're getting there slowly, little by little. Much more team wise, team, team, team adjacent. Yeah, I'm gonna guess that most teams have at least a strong idea of their of their full rosters and just haven't announced them all the way yet. They probably know already at least who they want and then have to get it on paper. Making it through the off season by reading each individual signing needs something to get me through. I mean, I think 
I would argue that this is better than the men's hockey offseason, as in there's nothing happening. We do have something happening. And it's agonizing, but it's something. There is hockey happening, if you know where to look for it. There's always hockey happening. It's always hockey happening. It's the beauty of the sport. World Championships coming up soon. Jay, you're you're the international hockey expert, so tell me what to look for. Who who should I be cheering for? Again, another moniker that I don't think is an accurate moniker. Okay. Oh, I have a whole speech planned about women's worlds. I'm very excited about it. Czechia, that that's your that's your that's your it thing. It is. Yes, that's my thing. Okay. So what do you think they're gonna win this time? I think slash want Czechia to win every time. Is that realistic? Who knows? So I don't know when this podcast is going up officially, but the tournament is going to be August 26th to September 4th in Herning and Fredrikson, Denmark, uh, which with the time difference, it's going to start on August 25th if you're on the East Coast U.S. All right, so the IHF Women's World Championships is officially what we're talking about. Uh, It looks like TSN is planning to broadcast all the Group A games for Canada. So Group A is Japan, Finland, Switzerland, Canada, and the U.S. Um, Don't know which TSN that's happening on. I'm really excited about Japan and their goaltending. Team Japan has really great goalies. Um, I'm not sure if I'm just influenced by the amazing pad design. I could be biased, as that is my main way of cheering for goalies. I don't know. It's all right. Who has the coolest pads? But J- Team Japan has some really cool goalie pads, and I, I want them to do well. Extremely well. Goalie pads are truly phenomenal. They're absolutely gorgeous. Like, really, it's like when you see people tear no offense to your all red pads, but when you see people pulling up pads, they're just like all red. I'm like, why do you do that when you can have pretty ones? <laughs> No offense, but why do you do that? I'm Not sorry, but I, I the only reason I have solid color pads is um, they they were the cheap ones on sale at the time um in the store. They why were like seventy percent sale, and they fit. And well, when you get custom pads, you kind of get tired of just simple ones, so I tried to go bold with the all red. Um, I actually love them. I didn't think I would. I was nervous. All, all red's fun. Um. But yeah, Jay, do you have any thoughts on goalie pads? You know, if you had your dream goalie pads, you know, obviously you notably a goalie, what would you pick? Um, I just like admiring everybody else's goalie pads. I, uh, they look really heavy. I don't think I'd like it. They're surprisingly not that heavy. They get lighter and lighter. They used to be just like blocks of horse hair and leather, actually. It was nice because when I was a kid, I had really heavy pads. And then as I got older and older, they got lighter and lighter. So I got faster and faster. Yeah, no, for context of goalie pads, so my dad has a goalie glove from the late 90s, early 2000s. It, the glove itself, weighed more than one leg pad. So wow. that's just like the, the glove. I mean, it was mad heavy. It's like giant. It's like really, really large. And like leather. It's, it's like they're just one, straight up leather. It's heavy. Yeah, it's, it's leather like, and horse hair. Like cow. Yeah, and then it's padded yeah. with horse hair for like rigidity. So goalie pads these days, not too heavy. I mean, it weighs less than my softball bag, both pads. I'm not sure okay. if that's any useful context. I suspect on the podcast, Check and Tendies, we're going to devolve into goalie gear discussions on a fairly regular basis. Yeah, most likely, if I had to guess. Um, the other thing I would note for people listening is my goalie equipment, all in its bag, is about 50 pounds. But we probably should get back on topic. Jay, do you have any thoughts about Women's Worlds, goalie pads, other players, you know? I'll go real quick on the Women's World. So um, we're going to find out where we can watch the other games. Probably a few days before the tournament, because that's how they do it, I guess. I want to. I imagine we'll have some commentary about the U.S. and Canadian rosters that were announced recently. So I, before that, real quick, I want to see some things about the other countries' rosters. Just a few, few quick things. So Japan will be without their captain for the better part of a decade, Chiho Osawa, who was just retired. Finland 
are not going to have Nororati. What percentage, um, what percentage of the Finnish team is uh, current Riveters players? It's like I do not know the percentage, but it's a good number. It's a good number. And a lot of them are on the Riveters, which makes me happy because I'm a Riveters fan. So, okay, so just going to do PHF players in the tournament, I guess. All right. So also on Team Finland, Miri Raisinen, who was just signed by the Connecticut Whale. It was announced week. This is not a confirmed one. Um, Evelina Rosselli, who played for the Pride this past season and won the SML Cup, um, is playing for Switzerland. And they have the logos next to their names of like their teams. And hers has the Boston Pride logo. I don't know if that she just hasn't officially signed. House. So we might hear about that. Or that might just be a most recent team thing. We will see. We did recently have a signing broken by a, a roster from the national team listed. So that was, who knows, there we got another one. Who, who um, was that? In Czechia, we have. I didn't see. Uh, that was Corinne Schroeder, who was on the, uh, one of the, his USA hockey listed her for the Pride before it was announced. Oh, I, right. The goalie, yes. The goalie, yes. From Czechia, we have Aneta Terelova, um, who is signed to the Riveters, Denisa Krysova, who signed to the Whitecaps, and Katarina Mrazova, who just was announced for the Whale. Um, and then Reka Dabasi um, for Hungary is also signed to the Rivs. And there's probably more, but uh, I was really busy this week, so my list is not comprehensive. And as you mentioned, there's a lot of people from Finland, so let's just, just say Finland equals Riveters, and let's pretend that, and that will make me happy. Oh, yeah, and Eva Berglund is on uh, Team Sweden, and she's also on the Riveters. Riveters going to be so international this year. Very happy about it. Also very gay. Also very happy about that. They're always very gay. That's the best way to be. I mean, truly, that is the the best kind of hockey, is is the gay kind of hockey. Um, Have to agree. The only kind I know. All right, and then the U.S. and Canadian rosters that were announced. Thoughts? Um, I was... I wasn't um, expecting it to happen, but I was hoping that uh, Michaela Grammanthus would make the team. I personally think she deserved to be there, but um, I'm not Team Canada, so. I'm so glad that she was finally at least a little bit recognized by being invited to their camp. And from my understanding, she actually did a really, really good job. Um, so it's unfortunate to, to not see her on that roster. Um, hopefully she'll she'll crack it soon but i think she's uh, like she's done a good job of making a name for herself and honestly i feel like she kind of she's almost like bigger than that you know she has an impact that's like on the ice off the ice just kind of larger than than needing to to be a part of that program um but i am glad that she's gotten she's gotten the recognition from them finally i wanted her to be on the roster because then i would just like care about team canada a little bit maybe (laughs) It would have been a good PR move after all the disasters they've been having recently. Like, yes, I know it's the women's program and not the other one, but like, still, you know. But I mean, I I don't usually pay attention to international Showing that they're not just rigid and unchanging, like the roster. There is that. I mean, I think that's part of the reason why it's because um I don't I'm really for getting into women's hockey recently. I really got into the PHF first. So for the international rosters for the at least the US and Canada, there's no one I really care about right now. Like sure, there's some great players, but I think it's, I think I don't know. There's no one I care about on them. It's like the international, the non-US and Canada ones because there's players I recognize and I'm used to seeing play. I know. It's definitely well, true that when you see people play more often, when you have more access to playing, seeing them play in games, to hearing their stories through social media, through you know teams releasing content, 
you get to know them better, you're more invested. I think that's definitely a big part of why the PWHPA announcement was just dropped today, uh, a week before the Worlds will start, which has a lot of their players on it or in it. The coordination between international gameplay, between league play is something that will be great for the sport. Would definitely be a feather in the PHF's caps, and they're definitely going to be marketing those of their players who are at different on different national teams at Worlds. But yeah, my my feelings about the U.S. and Canada rosters, I agree with you. It's it's PWHPA isn't. I mean, as they're very clear, it's not a league. They don't do a lot of the kinds of trying to introduce their players as much as a league would. So it is harder to get invested in those players, especially when there is so little roster turnover. And it's the same players who played last year who I, you know, saw then. They're going to be playing the same players on Team USA. Saw then. But there's, I don't know, I would have liked to see more new faces. I would have liked to see more players who had never been with the national program. I want more stories. As a fan, I want more stories, more people coming in, more things invested in. And as somebody who's looking at hockey stats, I think that if you have challenges for those positions, if there's a chance that those positions are going to turn over and not just be replaced with somebody who was on the national team up until two years ago and, you know, like the, the same the same list of names every time, I think that would be better for the program. And it's also year one oh. of the new Olympic cycle. So there's more. it's almost like a tryout year where more players, I think, should, I mean, in an ideal world, they would be able to get to show themselves off on an international stage with that level of competition. I mean, for the PHF, I don't know who the players are. I follow the, uh, not PHF, PWHPA. I follow the PW on Twitter, but I don't know who any of the players are. Like even just a Twitter account, I feel like they should be like, hey, here's this player. Like get to meet her, you know? I would say the main difference between the two in terms of marketing their players is the PW, they kind of, they give room for the players to do it by themselves, right? So like you're marketing yourself. Not everyone has experience doing that and not everyone wants to do that. So I think that's why we don't see as many yeah. players. Right. And then for the PHF, it's more like the team will do the marketing for you. Like they will market their players because the players are part of their product and they want people to understand and know their product. So I think yeah. in hockey in general, kind of telling people's stories and sharing with people's backgrounds is, is something that we could do a lot better. Um, you see it a lot in basketball. They do a really, really good job of sharing people's stories and really getting into their personalities and that's that's honestly what people are here for so it's um it could be yeah. a good thing for us to lean into a little bit more no i think i'm just thinking about the buttes marketing and the connecticut whale the connecticut whale they'll tell us facts about their players every week or so and those buttes players from their social media i feel like i know the personality and like the vibe of the players just from how they even implement tiktok and i think that's some some phf teams are definitely doing it more than others and that's kind of a way to kind of get to know who these people are and showing that hey yeah we have a lot of personality like we're interesting people yeah so and, um, the ihf rosters i think for canada and the u.s they're both like you said a lot of a lot of familiar names um but again yeah like not they don't totally always share their stories all the way um but it is really nice when they do when they do a segment on on a player or two and kind of share um some more detail about you know how they got to where they are what their inspirations are i know that they just actually tweeted about it a little bit um, introducing a few of their players, and it looks like they're hoping to do more of that. So I look forward to that. It is really great when it happens. That's true. Marketing yourself is hard. Um, I'm an artist, and I've had I have to constantly keep promoting myself out there, just being like, "Hey, I'm here. Like, hire me to do things." And that's that's hard. Even if you know you're already someone there, but the self 
promotion is it takes a lot of thinking and just yeah that that's it i mean it's a skill set that there's why people are hired as marketing person you know yeah and so when teams can utilize that by having a marketing person it makes it a lot easier for the players especially if people uh, if players are having you know they're not they don't just have one job most of the time usually they're Mm -hmm. working like full-time and then also playing hockey or like with some national team players and playing the pw it's like it's almost like two jobs even though it's it's two different hockey teams you're still balancing two different hockey teams worth of like practices and all the things you know for sure it's still two jobs even if both of those jobs are professional hockey player you see that in other sports too where some people are very good at both branding themselves and doing their sport and and we're gonna i think we're gonna see more of that in in college sports especially with nil and you don't have to be the best player to be the best at marketing you can be a very good player, not very good at marketing. So we're going to be seeing a lot of those skill sets develop more as more opportunities are available at that level. And, and that'll uh, bleed up into the professional levels of different sports as well. I'm, I'm excited to see where hockey marketing is going to go, especially. I mean, there's the group of college hockey players called the Hockey Guys on TikTok. And they're a group of hockey players and they do, I don't know. I don't really pay attention, but they do hockey things. Like here, we can do fancy things with the puck. And here, we're, they talk about themselves as kind of people. So I think it's going to be interesting to see how that happens with women's hockey and where does that go with branding and marketing of players as people, not just athletes. There are some of the... I've been going through um, socials for the incoming PHF players, and some people as, have. As one does. Some, okay, you know, I, I'm a nerd, and that a women's hockey nerd, and that extends to everything women's hockey i'm not saying i don't do it too i'm I'm just making fun of you for it Uh, that's valid okay uh but uh, some of these players have a lot of followers and hopefully we'll see that uh i don't know i want to see how that impacts the league's following and helps get people invested in the teams and the players as as they bring people onto their tiktoks or what have you tiktoks are not my area so i'll leave that to you cores you seem to be the expert there PHF players, I think my favorite one who markets herself is uh, CJ. Yes, I know. I'm I'm very biased. I did knit a sweater for her cat, and my art is her profile. But she, she's doing the things, you know. She shows she has personality. Um, She got someone to knit a sweater for her, for her oh cat. Like, she leans into the mullet. It's like a whole thing. Well, now you know the secret to branding, guys. Put sweaters oh, on your cats. And have a mullet. And have a mullet. The mullet's not necessary, but I do think the uh, cat sweater does help with the, um, the ambiance, you know. Lola Bertson, again, I'm probably mispronouncing that, has the most adorable cat. Oh, I didn't know that. That's the end of my commentary on that. That's it. <laughs> That's the statement. Yeah. Nice. Um, but I, I think there's some correlation between goalies and having cats. Um, like, even look at the NHL. The NHL guys who have cats are more likely than not to be goalies. I can think of Someone three NHLers with cats, and two of them are goalies. And PHF, um, I can think of like at least two PHF ones with goalies. So with goalies with cats. So really, I think if the cat is the goalie pet. I mean, Terry, you're a dog. You dog person? Yes, no. Terry's a dog. You have a dog. I have a dog. I did have a cat. Terry's a dog person, though. It's the vibe. I like yes. all animals. I'm not picky. I really, I love them all. So That's fair. I like goats. I'm a goat person. I, I have thoughts on goats. Um, I think they're evil creatures. Like, <laughs> have you ever seen a goat in real life? Have you ever dealt with a goat before? <laughs> yeah, I lived with goats all summer last summer. Oh my gosh. They're wonderful. Okay, you know who I, I dislike more than goats? Sheep. Oh I, my goodness. I, I, Cor has a lot grade. of feelings about 
Fifth grade, my my class went on a week long field trip to a farm, and it was sheep oh sharing gosh. season. And I had to hold several sheep as they got their toenails trimmed, and ringworm medication, and one other kind of injection. So like, I I have opinions on sheep. I smelled like sheep for a week after I got back. So like, understandable I- why that would be traumatizing. However, I think this is an opportunity for growth. Core, I think we should give you an assignment, which is to extend your animals in PHF jerseys series to sheep and or goats in jerseys. And this will have to wait until the most important information of the off season comes officially to us, which would be the name and colors and logo and branding of the Montreal hockey team. Really, I am so annoyed at them because I am bored. I want to draw hockey art and they haven't given me anything to work with. Like I would draw their players in the jerseys if they dropped the jerseys. I'm gonna like, I don't know, DM their Twitter in French to show that I care. I don't speak French. Neither do they. They can both use Google Translate. Don't even worry, they speak everyone in Montreal also speaks English. No, but their Twitter account person is not a Francophone. I know that for a fact. Um in my PHF Twitter manager circles, because I'm not I don't manage Twitter. Oh my god. who do and i've connected core phf insider i am i am a phf insider on only the most random information and the least useful things that's what everyone wants to hear i want the most random useless information would you say that this podcast kind of encompasses that energy of like the most random not the most useful information i think absolutely and i think you know tara since you're you're a player i think you should you're technically an insider you know you know things Officially. You might not tell us, but you're definitely in the know. Thank you for Arthur. that bit of confidence. Yes, I would say I know things. <laughs> At least I would hope. There is also a ton I don't know. And I think you know the more you know, the more you realize you don't know. So it's deep. Oh, absolutely. I We're deep like on I've this used, podcast. Yeah. I've used up my PHF knowledge for the time being because I've I've given it all out and all the things I've knew ahead of time have happened. But I'm sure I can find out more, talk to some people. So for all you listeners out there, let us know kind of what the random things that you want to know are and what the random things that you'd like to hear are. Um, we'll do our best to find out. Um, I can do my investigative journalism, AKA um, slide into the Instagram DMs of several people, several goals. That is current investigative journalism, sliding into people's DMs. Oh yeah. All right. That- we decided that we want to try and wrap up episodes with fun things. And I know Cora is very excited about their fun things spreadsheet. Yeah, so, so let's hear it. Um, as we know, I am an avid, avid. Oh wait, we missed something. The P, the PWHPA announcement. Oh yeah. Before we wrap up, the PW is saying, "Hey, we're doing another season of Dream Gap." So they're they're having another Dream Gap season, which leads me to suspect, especially given the line at the bottom of the article, which was, I think, given NDAs with our sponsors or something, that we can't talk about the league, which leads me to believe that. They aren't going to have a league this season, and they're adding that line to be like, hey, we can't tell you anything, so don't ask. So this article dropped about an hour before we got together to record. So um, not a lot of time to think about what's going on there, but what's going on there is that they're going to continue to have five practice hubs, but there's going to be four teams whenever they do the showcases, of which there are going to be more this year. And the players are going to practice with their hubs, but be distributed throughout the team's something like equally according to a ranking of those players, um, which is interesting to me because they talk about a panel of NCAA and U Sports and uh, 
from the other um, experts. It sounds like they're doing the Athletes Unlimited model almost, at least inspired by that. I have thoughts about the Athletes Unlimited model, so I actually disagree. But what's interesting to me was that that 100-player ranking, because the only 100-player ranking that I'm aware of for women's hockey was the one that uh, Haley Salvian and Alyssa Longmere did in the run-up to the Olympics. So this is great. She, she, she is amazing. Yeah. Um, I think it's an interesting tactic to rank the players and then make teams from that. Although I think very cool dodgeball. Although I think the art of team building is a lot more dynamic than that. And it's not necessarily about just bringing in top talent. It's also about bringing in players who um, are going to fill in kind of the gaps of, what your really talented players don't have and you need role players. You need, you need people who are going to be there and grind and push the players to be at their best. And I don't think that you can just get that from doing a simple ranking. So I'm hoping that they have something a little bit more comprehensive than a simple ranking, but um, it will be interesting to see like how that comes together and, um, and how to make teams from that. Cause yeah. the other notable thing is, you know, if you're not practicing with your team all year, like if they're just thrown together at the last minute, you don't, you know, it feels like a tournament team, and tournament teams aren't always known for having the best chemistry. Like, I mean, I play on mostly softball tournament teams, and yeah, there'll be some like chemistry there because you know girls from either like one or two practices before, or you're on a select team together, or you play at the same school, or you might know them from playing against each other. But it's different. It feels like this is almost as much kind of like a bunch of tournament teams. And also, like, what about like team like team chemistry? Like, who's who's the person with the speaker? The you know who chooses the warm up music. Um, it's not always a person with the best taste, um, but you know, it, that's a role, you know, I, I, as, so I've, I was lucky enough to get to go to a PWHPA showcase last season. I had an amazing time and I really like watching them, but as a fan watching them it with this model, I, I, I agree, Tara, I hope that they're going to be not just going on these rankings because, you know, you also have the stories of like these players have played together for this long or, you know, these players played together in college and haven't since, and it would be cool to me if they based their rosters on something like on that like that chemistry or some something that will give us those stories and we'll see i think something that's really exciting about the two leagues um and having games played in both of those leagues is that there is so much talent out there and if we just had one league it might not all be harnessed um so i am glad that that there's an opportunity for all these players to continue playing, continue growing and developing um, and trying out these different kind of business models and seeing what works best for us. Absolutely. Yeah, sure. um, and more jerseys. Yeah. Cause some of the PW jerseys were really good. So I like that. Yeah. I should, I feel like I need to get into PW art. Just, you know, maybe see if they do some good jerseys this season. I'll whip up some things. I can always put more jerseys on more cats. That's, that's always an option. Or she- yeah. So now, now that we've gone over our actual serious news, we're here to my favorite part, where I get to whip out my spreadsheet. Um, so this spreadsheet is based off of the concept of the NHL does these videos every year of their players, which are called puck personality videos. We're like, here, look, these players, they have personalities. So we're going to ask them stupidly simple questions. Oh. Tara, what's your number? Yeah, so now, now that we've gone over our actual serious news, we're here to my favorite part, where I get to whip out my spreadsheet. Um, so this spreadsheet is based off of the concept of the NHL does these videos every year of their players, which are called puck personality videos. We're like, here, look, these players, they have personalities. So we're going to ask them stupidly simple questions. So I obviously decided to compile 
every single one of those questions into a spreadsheet. And we're going to go through that, you know, when we eventually, if we've guests on, we'll ask them the, a question from the spreadsheet and we're just going to all have to answer it. So, Or Jared, other questions. To... We're not trying to copy the puck personality specifically, but the concept was we wanted something fun and lighthearted and silly and... And that's what those are. They're I have not. some of their questions. I've had we've um, other questions. You know, as they come up, I've added them in. Uh, just like favorite goalie mask. You know, not that's a question that's on a spreadsheet, but it's not a puck personality one. It's just something that you know we came up with and thought it'd be good. But yeah, so you ready? So should I do a random number generator this time, or do we don't want to just pick a number? Just pick one. Right. Just pick a question that you like. Oh. Tara, what's your number? He is my as my screen name um and so that's my nickname sometimes too so feel free to call me that um i use she her pronouns but if i had actually choose new first name i feel like i would go kind of off the board and try to like look through like anglo-saxon like english gangs they had the weirdest names like i think if i it would be something i'd name a cat like Authelred. like there's also Ethelred. Authelred's a different one like i would name my cat that. like just like insane names that sounds like something from the handmaid's tale <laughs> Oh, yeah. You're such anyway, a nerd. You know, on, the, on that lighthearted and upbeat note, um, thank you for listening to episode one of the Check and Tendies podcast. Um, follow us on Twitter at check and underscore tendies. Um, you can follow us individually. Our handles are linked up, up in the thing. Uh, you can also find our podcast. So we think it's going to be everywhere you can find podcasts, but it'll definitely be on the inside of the rink site. If you want to read more in depth about most of the topics we discuss, I'm sure there's an article about it on inside the rink, but yeah. So thanks for listening. My legal name is not Jay. That is what I'm going by now. I also fall under non-binary something or other. We'll see. Who knows if we'll ever hear anything official. <laughs> um, but for now, yeah, I'm going by Jay as in the letter and they, them. And if, if I had to pick a new first name, <laughs> I, I don't know. So at all. Pass. Tara, do you have a thought? Um, I actually love my first name. It was my great grandmother on my mom's side's name. And that's a Jewish tradition. So keeping that alive in the fam. However, on these calls, I noticed that Cor and Jay both had Cor and Jay respectively on their screens. And I thought, you know, in order to fit in, I, I should just put T. So I put T as my, as my screen name. Um, and so that's my nickname sometimes too. So feel free to call me that. Um, I use she, her pronouns. If, if I had actually choose new first name, I feel like I would go kind of off the board and try to like look through like Anglo-Saxon, like English gangs. They had the weirdest names. Like, I think if I, it'd be something I'd name a cat, like Authelred. Like there's also Ethelred. Authelred's a different one. Like I would name my cat that. Like, just, like, insane names. That sounds like something from The Handmaid's Tale. Of it does. Yeah. You're such anyway, a nerd. You know, on, the, on that lighthearted and upbeat note, um, thank you for listening to episode one of the Check and Tendies podcast. Um, follow us on Twitter at check and underscore tendies. Um, you can follow us individually. Our handles are linked up, up in the thing. Uh, you can also find our podcast so we think it's going to be everywhere you can find podcasts, but it'll definitely be on the inside of the rink site. If you want to read more in depth about most of the topics we discuss, I'm sure there's an article about it on inside the rink, but yeah. So thanks for listening.